It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It is, as it always is, a pleasure to have so many of you out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas. I'm the creator of the e-commerce master plan. I'm an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on solving your e-commerce marketing problems. If you've got an e-commerce problem you'd like my help solving, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash solve to find out how I can help you. Right, before we get stuck into today's interview, I've got a word for you from our lovely sponsors. Bright Pearl by Sage provides a retail operating system for retailers and wholesalers. Their mission is clear. Automate the back office so you can spend your time and money growing your business fearlessly and without limitations. They're built for retail features tick every box, including inventory management, order management, warehousing, fulfillment, shipping, purchasing, accounting and even retail business intelligence all enabling easy automation to free up your time to focus on growth. Find out more and book a demo at ecmp.info forward slash brightpearl. That's ecmp for e-commerce master plan dot info forward slash brightpearl. Okay, let's get on with today's show. I've got two special guests for you today. David Lockhead and Dane Butler are the co-founders at Finley London. They were founded in 2012 and initially focused on selling via traditional wholesale channels, so one-to-one contacts, trade shows and all of that, before deciding in 2017 to change their whole business strategy to focus on selling direct to the consumer via the online and a physical store. It's a strategy that's paid off as this summer online orders reached over 1,000 per month. Now a couple of bits of jargon we're undoubtedly going to end up using today. D to C means direct to consumer. So that's selling your products to the end consumer of them via website, shops, etc. B to C means business to customers, which basically is the same as D to C, but we might use either of them just to try and confuse you guys. And B to B means selling business to business and wholesale is, of course, a type of B to B selling. I just thought rather than us have to explain that later, I'd get those out of the way for you guys. So D to C, direct to customer. B2C, business to customer, and B2B, business to business. How clear and simple is that? Hello, David and Dane. How are you guys doing? Hello. Yeah, very well, thank you. Cool. Sorry about all the uh, the letter to letter there, but just thought it means we can just get on with our conversation rather than have to worry about that later. Um, I've given the listeners an incredibly quick overview of you and your business and where you are at the moment, but... Here's the all-important question. How did you get started off in e-commerce in the first place? Well, if you rewind uh, about six or seven years, uh, Dan and I were on holiday together in Portugal. Um, I'd just been made redundant, and Dan was a bit of a crossroads career-wise. And um, we noticed something whilst on holiday. And we were looking around the pool, and, and we noticed that um, everyone was wearing the same sunglasses. Uh, and when we came to think about it, uh, when you looked at accessories or shoes or clothing, um, our friends all expressed themselves in, in different ways and wanted to be uh, unique. Yet when it came to sunglasses, it was pretty much just one or two brands and, and shapes that were being worn. 
And uh, we, we started dreaming and thinking about how we could insert some, some life and creativity into that. Um, and so Finley was born really in an attempt to help drive your individuality and a personal style through being that little bit more expressive in the eyewear that, that you wear. And so our, our very first uh, set of products were wooden sunglasses. Okay. Um, and we took about a year developing them from, from concept to launch. Um, but we were very fortunate um, as we got close to launching um, we had uh, a couple of influencers uh, agree to wear the, the sunglasses. And, and so um, I got a phone call whilst I was still at my, my previous uh, work. I had some, some in-between work whilst we were, were launching Finley. And a phone call from Grazia um, saying that they'd seen our sunglasses, they loved them, and wanted to feature them in their fashion charts. And at this stage, our website wasn't ready. We were planning to launch, but suddenly we were sort of up against the race against time. And uh, so the importance of getting live with the website uh, to actually capitalise on, on the brand momentum we were about to see was critical. It's not like you can turn around to Grazia and go, um, could you give us three months? <laughs> Is it? You've, you've got to go for it. It was quite funny. I was quite fortunate. Um, so my, my brother-in-law actually works in, in technology for a, for a bank and sort of knew how to sort of scrape a website together for us. So it was, um, it was quite a long weekend um, spent basically <laughs> um, sitting down. Um, trying desperately to build a functioning e-commerce website um, so that we could indeed tell Grazia that they could go ahead and, and, and run the product. Um, so it's a fantastic start. It's amazing to have, um, uh, yeah, just sort of wonderful influencers right from the very start wearing, um, wearing the product. Um, and from there, we we um, started selling online. Um, so that was great that Grazia sort of gave us that initial boost. Um, and also selling through wholesale channels as well. So going to sort of um, uh, different trade shows around the world, um, and um, and also just visiting um, every sort of country we ever went to on holiday. I think we'd visit all the local stores, um, taking some frames and, and see if anyone wanted to work with us. So um, you, you really did kind of pound the shoe leather, as it were, growing the wholesale side of the business. Yeah, there was quite a, yeah, it was a bit of, bit of a hustle. Um, that was sort of how, how we did it. Um, and that was amazing. We, we grew it and we got some fantastic accounts. Um, Sort of Barney's in the, in the US, um, oh, nice. Harvey Nichols over here in the UK is for some of our, our headline stockists that, that are very well known. Um, and that was wonderful, really. We saw, um, yeah, we saw sort of wholesale take off. We, um, we diversified the range of bits. We, um, uh, rather than just designing in, in wood, which is, um, which is really cool, quite niche, um, we started moving into different materials like acetates and metals and really sort of focused on, on expanding the collection. Um, and, and that was really cool. Um, that's what took the business to, to another level. Um, and then probably about two years ago, we sort of sat down and, yeah, had a bit of a, a strategy session and just looked at um, all that we had kind of achieved and, and where we were going. Um, it was quite interesting that we felt quite sort of strongly led to um, to try and reorientate the business more towards a, a direct-to-consumer um, uh, focus, which for us kind of meant continuing to um, really drive the online piece and then also um, launching a physical store, which we did in, in January um, this year in, in Soho in London. Well, look, I want to get into in, into quite a bit of depth, I suppose, on why you made that decision and the benefits and the problems maybe that it's caused. But before we do that, let's just get the listeners up to speed on on the on the consumer facing side of the business right now so you're based in london in the uk and are you selling globally 
from your website as well as via your wholesalers? We are, yeah. Uh, the US is actually our, our biggest market for both wholesale and online. Um, for the online business, around 40% of, of transactions go straight to North America. Um, but there's a, a fairly long tail. I think we worked out um, earlier this year that we'd shipped to around 60 countries uh, this wow. year. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. I think particularly uh, we do uh, predominantly sunglasses. We also have um, a spectacle side of business, and, and that's much more uh, important on the store side. With the online side, it's mostly sunglasses. And so being in a um, maybe a slightly colder country uh, in the UK here, we have to, uh, to be realistic that there's some countries with a little bit more sunshine. Um, and so the, the international side of things is, is really important for us. And so by spectacles, we mean um, prescription glasses, just for yeah. the clarity of those of us not in your industry. Absolutely, yeah. And is that why it had to be physical store as well as um, online for the consumer side? Um, yeah, it definitely helps. Um, there is, um, yeah, there's elements which lots of people just still want to put a, a frame on their face. Um, different brands sort of try different ways of, of countering that. Um, but we felt that... Um, yeah, we really wanted to have a, a physical space where we could really um, own the kind of whole look and feel. And um, that's one thing that's difficult with wholesale. You obviously don't um, have a huge amount of control in how your products display and how it's merchandised. Um, so it's partly about being able to bring our, our audience into a space, um, host them in, in a way that we wanted to and give them an experience that we wanted to, to give to them. Um, that was really important for us. Excellent. And what platform are you currently using for the online side of the sales? Um, so we're currently built on Magento. Ah, very cool. Um, and your, your, you, do you have that integrated with the physical store as well? Yes, everything is um, everything's linked. Um, so we, yeah, we sort of pretty quickly after making the decision to go to the direct consumer, we realised actually one of the things we needed to be I'm really conscious of was making sure that everything was sort of well linked, um, mm -hmm. well linked up. So we were a sort of proper omni-channel um, business. Um, and as part of doing that, one of the things we did was we um, got a system called Brightwell um, and implemented that, which was um, fantastic at enabling us to sort of plug our Magento store in, our point of sale for our store runs through it, our wholesale channel runs through it. So it brings everything together in one place, which is obviously sort of hugely helpful. It's um it still amazes me in this day and age there are still some e-commerce businesses out there rekeying orders from one system to another. It um it's just it's when they when there's so much technology out there to enable it to all actually just happen so you can get on with important things like driving the sales and making sure the customers are happy. It does seem kind of crazy that um that people wouldn't do that and I think it's something which if you build it in from day one it makes so much more sense. Totally. I think we also wanted to have a very clear idea of, of where our stock position was in the business. Mm -hmm. With so many moving parts, um, that can be tricky. So with several orders in with our Italian factory at any one time, and then large wholesale orders um, sort of on the back burner waiting for that stock, it's difficult to know what you have to sell at any given moment through your website and, and in store unless you've got that one picture of your stock. And I think a, a second component was around uh, knowing who our customer is. So 
Um, if you walked into Harvey Nichols this afternoon, Chloe, and uh, picked up a pair of our latest sunglasses, that's wonderful. And we'd be del- delighted that you have a pair, but we wouldn't know that you have Finley unless you tag us on your Instagram. Um, and so having the, the online and uh, in-store channels linked up so that whenever anyone purchases, we're understanding who they are and, uh, and both at the point of sale and, and online that happens. So when someone's buying in store, we ask for their details and, and so we can stay in touch and, and maintain that relationship. So across our three channels, online, store and wholesale, we're able to build a picture of our, our actual customers through two-thirds of that now. Which is, it, it often surprises me that as consumers, we tend to expect a, a business that only has one physical presence to be completely joined up, whereas we give a bit more, um, a bit more flexibility on the joined upness to the chains. It's, it's, it always seems to me that if, if there's just the one physical store and the online, customers assume you know them across both. Whereas if it's a big chain, they're a bit more forgiving if you don't. So, which is a bit, a bit unfair on the smaller guys, really. But it is a lot easier to do the integrations with just one store than it is with a couple of hundred, I suppose. I think where we feel fortunate is because we were starting really from from scratch with physical stores and, and uh, not having a legacy of two or three hundred stores. We were able to, to sit down and design what we wanted the, the system to look like and how they should interact between the different channels. Um, rather than coming from a position of having lots of legacy channels and trying to get them to speak to each other. And you've obviously got a lot of channels on the go, so I'm guessing there's a there's a few of you in the team running it all. So do you want to tell us a bit about who's who's there and what they're up to? Yeah, so, um, so we've got myself and, and Dave, and David is the um, commercial director, um, and I sit as the um, creative director, so we sort of very much run the, the business day-to-day. Um, and then... Um, also in the team, we've got um, obviously the whole um, uh, store team, we've got a wonderful um, store manager, um, uh, and that's sort of a team of seven to, to eight people. Um, and then we've also got our kind of head office team. Um, we've got um, uh, Alice who heads up um, the operational side of things. Um, and then we've got Lily who drives all of our content. Um, and then we generally have a sort of a rolling um, program of, of normally another sort of couple of people in the office at any um, given time working on a whole variety of, of sort of project-based things um, uh, as well as sort of several um, uh, outsourced components as well. Um, I think where possible, we try and outsource as much as possible um, just to keep us lean, I mean that we can be flexible and do things like change our business model to be a more direct consumer. Um, I think it's really helpful if you're, if you're quite nimble, um, so we try and sort of keep that as a, as a focus for the business. And do you tend to use freelancers or go down the agency route when you're outsourcing how just how flexible do you want it i suppose a little bit of both so on the um, web side um we've got uh, a number of individuals that we work with on a freelance basis uh, whereas on on the pr side for example we work with an agency so um we're open to, to either depending on, on which topic cool and i, I love that advice about the flexibility to enable you to change business models because going from predominantly wholesale to going to predominantly direct-to-consumer and not just direct-to-consumer on one channel but on two, both the online and the offline, that is a 
a huge change in everything from the day-to-day activity of the business to the to the big strategic projects as well. So how did you go about making sure you were making the right decision before you kind of hit the big green go button? <laughs> yeah, sorry, that's quite a big one, isn't part, it? <laughs> part, of the, um, part of the process um, of moving from, from being heavily weighted on, on wholesale uh, to be more uh, multi-channel and direct-to-consumer was actually uh, through a, a mentoring uh, scheme that we've been on. There's a, an association of British luxury called Walpole, and uh, we had been fortunate uh, Fortunate enough, I had a mentor uh, called John Ayton. Uh, and John might be known to some. He, he founded Links of London Jewelry and more latterly has been uh, chairman of Olimar Brown and Brown Watches and Anushka Jewelry. And, uh, and he really uh, persuaded us that, that our current model was a little bit too reliant on, on wholesale. We were about 80% wholesale. And as that has a much higher cost to serve with lower margins, um, we would have to get to a serious scale pretty quickly uh, in order to make that as profitable as we wanted to and enable growth. Um, whereas when you sell a product through your own channels, so whether that be through store or online, typically the margin is, is much greater. Um, we worked out at one stage there were 16 different processes involved wow. in, uh, in, in taking every wholesale order from going to the trade show, to meeting someone, to um, agreeing an order, following up and, and sending them, getting order confirmation, having the payment made, sending it through. And then there's all the follow-up with whether um, you need to do swaps or um, make sure that there's in-store training. So it was very laborious. And I think because John had experience across four or five different businesses and could see the agencies we were at, he really actively encouraged us and uh, gave us the confidence that this was the right move. Yeah, definitely. And then I, I think then following on from that, you've got to actually be willing to take the risk. Um, mm-hmm. And ultimately, it is always a risk. You never quite know. I mean, with the best sort of insight and planning, you never quite know whether um, or how, how it is going to pan out. Um, but I think for us, it was we, really, yeah, a, a combination of that, that advice and then actually looking and really analysing the business. Um, we were pretty convinced that it was um, that it was the right thing to do, and that gave us enough um, comfort to, to really go for it. Um, and yes, it's quite exhilarating. <laughs> it, it means, you know, it definitely means. Um, I think you've got to be willing to give some things up as well. Um, so it meant saying no to things, which um, uh, in life in general can be quite hard to do. Um, and it meant we had to be ruthlessly focused in order to be able to do this sort of whole reorientation with the manpower that we had available. Um, so, yeah, so it was, a, it was, it was quite cool, actually. Um, I think we certainly learned a lot from, from doing it as well. Um, and now we look and we think, gosh, what a, like, what a you know, fantastic um, thing. And, you know, we're thrilled that we, um, that we did it. I think it's often the case that people are like, oh, yeah, let's, let's go direct to consumer. We'll just build, rebuild the website and it'll happen. It's like, no, actually, you have to create the brain space and the time space and the money space and the stock space to actually be able to do it, which, of course, means kind of actively moving away from some of the things that went before. So I think you're quite right. The, the no part is incredibly difficult, but it seems like you had you had some incredibly good advice to help you make the decision and then make the change as smooth as possible. Um, what what advice have you got for anyone out there who's thinking of making that change in order to make sure it's as smooth as it possibly can be? 
What are your key learnings, I suppose? Just, just one I'd say straight off the bat is that um, typically things seem to always take a little bit longer than you than you think. Um, so take the sort of timeline that you imagine and add on some contingency, um, particularly around things like um, working capital. So um, if you're undertaking a big reorientation, maybe it means sort of foregoing some um, revenue in another part of the business, or maybe it means an increased amount of cost or sort of whatever that looks like really build in some good um, some good facts, so to speak, on the sort of financial side of things to make sure that you can um, uh, pull off the plan, even if it means it takes you sort of a few months more than, than you would envisage. And that would definitely be the one. Yeah, I think uh, test, test your system. I know that sounds like the most basic advice, um, but I remember we were um, pulling down the... Uh, the signs on the window, what's the word for the files, the vinyl. And it was uh, the 30th of, of December. Uh, we'd been putting pricing products and cleaning everything up. We thought, okay, we're now ready to pull down the vinyls. And as we did, suddenly customers were up, coming up to the door and trying to get in. And, yeah, we hadn't unlocked the door. We hadn't finished pricing everything. And so we were, we were delighted that people were <laughs> But we realized we hadn't actually done test transactions before we'd opened the door. And so we had folks in the store and then suddenly wanted to buy and, and we were like, oh, we've been so busy cleaning and, and making everything look beautiful that we haven't done end-to-end testing on all our systems. So it sounds super basic, but, but actually really critical. But it is so often just the basics which can throw us off. It's like you were saying earlier about how how important it is to know how much stock's coming in and where it's already been promised to. And I think that's something which which trips up a lot of business when they try and make the shift from predominantly wholesale to predominantly direct is you've got huge quantities that you've promised to someone else and trying to manage the flow of product you need to keep the wholesalers happy or the wholesale customers happy at the same time as actually having some stock for yourself can be quite quite a tricky thing. It's like you know, it's kind of like having multiple mouths to feed and trying to decide who gets with how much of each pie. Um, have you have you found that's been you know that pure stock management piece has been an easy thing to deal with, or has that been quite challenging too? <laughs> um, <laughs> makes no yeah, stock has always been uh, it's always been a challenge, um, one way or another. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think it has been. Uh, historically in the business, it was a big challenge. Um, with the implementation of putting sort of bright bell in, it's, um, it's really helped us get our, our ship in order in, in that sense. Um, but it is, it's tough. We deal with a product that's a pretty long lead time. Um, so we're placing orders and then receiving stock sort of four months later. Um, so it's not the kind of thing where you can um, quickly put a top-up order in if you've uh, you know, under-egged your stock provision. Um, you're, you're kind of stuck with what you know, whatever you've got or haven't got, as the case maybe. Um, so yeah, for us, it's um, it's definitely been a, a journey of learning how to try and manage stock well. Um, but I feel like we're now, um, thankfully, <laughs> in a place where I'd say we're, we're kind of on top of that. And um, uh, obviously, you get the exceptional things. We had uh, uh, a rather um, wonderful moment where you know Meghan Markle wore our, our frames um, at the Invictus Games with Prince Harry, and that you know that product that that pair of um, Percy sunglasses just went absolutely um, crazy the sort of sales on those um, so you know things like that are always going to present you with, with a, a stock problem you're always going to have um, things like that that you can just never plan for but, um, but on the whole I'd say we now sort of manage it pretty well it's definitely if you've got the if you've got the data there 
and then the Meghan Markle effect takes hold or, you know, whichever other celebrity it is who's been spotted in your product, then at least you've got the data to know what problem you're dealing with. You're not kind of in the dark on the on the size of the problem. So a, ni- a nice problem to have, I think, when, when she's spotted in your glasses. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> right, well, look, guys, I think we should go into the top tips round now. And um, before we dive into the top tips, Bright Pearl by Sage provides a retail operating system for retailers and wholesalers. Their mission is clear. Automate the back office so you can spend your time and money growing your business fearlessly and without limitations. Their built-for retail features tick every box, including inventory management, order management, warehousing, fulfillment, shipping, purchasing, accounting and even retail business intelligence all enabling easy automation to free up your time to focus on growth. Find out more and book a demo at ecmp.info forward slash brightpearl. That's ecmp for e-commerce master plan dot info forward slash brightpearl. Learn more at brightpearl.com. Okay, now as all our listeners know, I love this section because it gives all of us some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level. David, Dane, are you ready for this bit? Come on. <laughs> oh, I like the enthusiasm there. This is good. Okay, the book top tip first off then. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Okay, so I'm going to say this one. Um, mine is, this is very left field, so you have to, to roll with this. I like um, left field. Left field is good. Mine isn't actually going to be a business book. Um and intentionally so. I think there are millions, well, lots of, maybe not millions, lots of very, very good business books that I've read. Um, definitely ones I'd recommend. But um, uh, for this one, I'd say actually, my um, one of my best friends gave me a, a book um, the other day called St. Agnes Stan. Um, and it is, um, it's wonderful. It's about some um, some nuns who are um, ambushed by some Apaches. Um, and it was just, the most fantastic read, and it encouraged me to do one thing, which I think most entrepreneurs typically don't do, um, which was to actually switch off and take a bit of time for yourself. Um, and I think that's really important because I think when you disconnect, often then it's much easier to um, uh, think creatively, um, get excited about new ideas, and all that kind of stuff. As you sort of bring yourself out of the detail. Um, so for me, actually disengaging from sort of business is one of the best things that I can do to try and be um, good as a or successful, I guess, as, a, as an entrepreneur. Oh, that's exactly the sort of left field answer I like. Um, and, a, and, a, and a theory I am wholeheartedly in favour of, switching off and feeling creative again. Okay, the traffic top tip then. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Okay, so there's all sorts of uh, traffic generation tips that, that are probably going to be frequently used. We found one uh, really useful over the last year, and that's having great content on our site. Now, that sounds really logical, but it, it needs to be um, quite specific and targeted. So they mentioned uh, that this time last year, we had a wonderful moment um, with someone so prominent wearing our sunglasses. Um, had we just taken the boost from that, that would be great, but actually... Um, we created a, a page in our stories section uh, because so frequently on, on the customer care side, we were being asked, which pair did Megan wear? Okay, <laughs> the tortoise, but was it with the green lens or the grey lens? So we put a page together that explains with photos, um, this is uh, exactly which pair was, was worn and where. And interestingly, that 
page has become um, very, very high on, on Google's ratings. So if you were to Google Meghan Markle sunglasses, it might be different in different parts of, of the world. But in the UK, when you Google that, um, that one page that we created still comes up first. And so even this week, uh, the Duchess of Sussex is down in Australia at the Invictus Games, and she's wearing a different pair of sunglasses every day. And yet, when the traffic Googles, uh, or when, when people Google uh, Meghan Markle sunglasses, that traffic's typically coming through to us, and so we're sort of getting this longer-term boost. So I think having the right content um, can make a massive difference. That's a great tip, because I think a lot of people just take the one hit and then bemoan the fact it doesn't happen every week, whereas you found a way to capitalise it more than 12 months later, which um, I think a lot of our listeners are are probably quite jealous of right now and about to go and write some content pages. Uh, Okay, a tool top tip then, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? So this one, I'm going to go, it's probably not the sexiest, um, what I can name, but it's um, Monday.com, um, which is a great little um, tool that we've started using, and it's it's fantastic um, tracking sort of projects, um, tasks within those projects. Um, it's deeply satisfying. Um, it's sort of drag and drop, um, very um, aesthetically pleasing, um, and it just kind of makes. Um, I think we've probably all got into that place of kind of having our to-do lists um, written half in a notepad. Um, half in an Excel spreadsheet, half in an email. You know, there were just sort of lists of things everywhere that we were working on. And actually, Monday was a fantastic way of bringing them all together. Um, means that as sort of, um, I guess, trying to um, steward the business well, we can kind of easily see the different things that people are working on and which projects are on track, which ones need a bit more, a bit more love to sort of keep going. Uh, but it's just that, yeah, it's just a really good talk. Um, we've been really, really impressed by it. I think you're the. Well, I'm certain you're the first people to mention that one on the on the show. So I shall be going off to have a look at it myself after this. Uh, the growth co- top tip then: if you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Uh, again, uh, maybe slightly left field. Um, there's there's various ways to grow the orders from 100 to 1,000, but what we found. As our numbers went went like that, um, was that we weren't well enough prepared from a customer care perspective, and so suddenly your core team can be so busy trying to respond to that one customer or lots of those individual customers who've got questions or want to know where their order is, um, and so we got really inundated with um, with emails and live chats and phone calls. And so bringing on a team member who was uh, solely focused on, on customer care freed the rest of the team up to be doing what they were supposed to be doing. Great advice, yet more great advice. Okay, Master Plan World, you can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you will see a link to this show. Um, David and Dane, I have a cheeky question before we say goodbye, and then I will ask you about where people can find you on the web and social media. But before that, was it a complete surprise when Megan had your glasses or was that just a very clever piece of PR? Yeah, it was uh, a big surprise. Um, we uh, were suddenly in the midst of, I think it was September 25th last year. So summer is is really in the wind down when it comes to sunglasses. September, October is a quiet period. 
And uh, it was, I think, a Monday evening, so nine ten o'clock. So I was on the tube on the way home, and, and the last thing I expected to see was a, an article come through um, with uh, such a clear photo. And I think what was so interesting about the photo was that it was the only image that the press had of uh, Meghan and Harry together as a couple. So six weeks later when they were announced as being engaged, that one image was used everywhere from the BBC to CNN to GQ to Vogue. Um, so, yeah, we were taken by complete surprise. I just thought I ought to ask you that because I've had a feeling there might be some listeners going, she didn't ask, she didn't ask, how did they manage that? How do I get something on Megan? It's like, oh, I have a feeling you probably don't proactively do it. You just hope. <laughs> right. Okay, all right, let's get on with the proper question now, which is, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Uh, yeah, website is www.finleyandcoats, that's F-I-N-L-A-Y-A-N-D-C-O.com. Um, social media, they, we're very greedy. Uh, we actually have two accounts. Uh, we have one for the store and uh, one for the overall brand and business. So we're at... Finley and Co., uh, same as the website, but we have at Finley underscore Soho uh, for our store here in London, and that's really um, much more focused around the community here in Soho and the, the specific and latest products that the store has here. So worth checking out both. Marvellous. Well, I will make sure links to all of that and everything else we talked about today go into the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or just head to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. David, Dane, thank you both so much for being on the show today. It's been brilliant understanding a bit more about your journey, completely changing your business and, and some of the tips and tricks you've had for the listeners. So thank you very, very much. It's a pleasure. We've actually got a special code for any of your listeners. Uh, oh, lovely. Like come in and see us at the store. Um, we have created a uh, an optometrist practice within our store here in Soho where we're looking to reimagine the whole journey of having your eyes tested whilst then going and selecting frames that, that uh, really are a much uh, much bolder and more interesting and bringing out your personality. So we welcome anyone to come and see us. Um, if you want to book a free site test, um, you can do that through the website using code MASTERPLAN. Yeah, and then um, for those of you who, I guess, aren't in, um, aren't in London, London able to get to the, the store um, itself, we've got a code as well for online. Um, so again, uh, uh, MASTERPLAN, if you enter that at the checkout, um, then that will get you a free um, one of our leather cases um, when you purchase any pair of frames. Marvellous. Thank you very much, guys. That is very, very generous of you. Um, so thank you again for being on the show. Pleasure. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. There you go, guys. Some excellent advice on if you're thinking of, I guess, streamlining your systems or taking that move from B2B to B2C as the focus for your business. Do uh, join in the chat about this and all our episodes in the Facebook group that you will find at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. Thank you for listening to the ecommerce Masterplan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.